All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the only podcast coming at you guys today. Dylan and Nico, as always, we're going to be talking about the college baseball sphere of the world today. So, Nico, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Side Retired, the only podcast. Dylan Campione and Nico Fernandez, as always. And Nico, before we introduce our guest, how you doing? Doing good, bro. Excited to talk college ball. Love talking to people who are in college and around the NCAA. Absolutely. So we are joined today by Towson's coach, Tanner Biagini, who was also a player before then in the Rays organization. And now he's been in the college world for a couple of years. Also coached at University of Richmond, as well as Lafayette before joining Towson. So Welcome to the program, and thanks for joining us, Coach. Thanks for having me. Looking Absolutely. forward to it. I love it. Awesome. So the first question we're going to throw at you is we're going to start in the current times, then we'll go back to the past, and then we'll wind up back in 2023 again. So we're just going to talk initially, what is it like coaching at Towson? What's the day-to-day grind and sort of what is it like being a coach here at the college level? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's great. Towson's a really unique town. and uh, The city is kind of kind of buzzed around the university. The university has really grown a lot in the last six years that I've been here, which is really fun to see. Um, and it's one of those type of places where community-wise, you feel like you're close to a big city, but not too overwhelmed, which is probably nice because I'm probably more of a small-town guy myself. So, uh, but, but it's been a lot of fun. And our conference is really good. So week in and week out, you're playing a lot of really good teams, a lot of really good baseball. And, we're in a good location too, where midweek wise we could play a lot of a lot of top-notch programs as well. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. When Dylan first told me we were um interviewing a Towson coach, the first thing that came to my mind, because I'm from Miami, is I remember I don't know if it was last year or a few years ago that you guys played UM. So instantly yeah. that came to my mind. So I'm like, wow. Again, when little mid-major schools they're able to play like teams like that really shows the success. How is it playing? going and being obviously a mid-major, but having the capabilities to go and compete against big schools like that? Uh, well, it's a lot of fun. I mean, our, our head coach here at Towson, Matt Tyner, played at Miami. So it was really neat to be able to go back and you know have him in the dugout. I'm sure it was a special moment for himself. Um, but also you get to kind of relive some of his stories, I guess, being in those spots. <laughs> but we've also traveled to LSU. We play UVA every year. Uh, going down to Maryland or and we've gone out to West Virginia and up to Penn State um, and some bigger schools and for our guys it's a neat experience and we kind of tell them you know if the if the stars align we have a great year and you know if you do make a chance to make a postseason run you're probably going to have to go play at a school like that so here's that chance here's that experience but um, at the end of the day it's still baseball so I just got to remind that of that part too. I love it. And then you just mentioned about your head coach's baseball journey, but let's focus on you for a second because you have an interesting story as well. I know your dad was involved in the baseball world as well. He played for a bit as well as he was in the coaching sphere afterwards. So it's similar journey to you. How did you sort of growing up? Was it a all right, baseball 24-7 in the household and that's what I'm going to be doing? Or was it you naturally fell in love with the game, wanted to play as well and also became a coach as well? Uh, I would say my parents did a really good job of not pressing one sport on me. Uh, you know, my father was obviously really involved in baseball, but he went to college as a three-sport athlete. 
Um, he went to Iowa State for football originally um, and played hockey and played baseball there. Interestingly enough, he's in their Hall of Fame for hockey, not the other sport, <laughs> uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. But uh, my mom was a PE teacher and a aerobics teacher and a personal trainer and athletic trainer and all these things. So uh, they did they really opened up my eyes to all sports. Um you know, as a son, you probably do gravitate to the one that your dad gravitated towards. So that's probably part of it. Uh, but they didn't really press much on me. It was really up to me to kind of select my journey. And as I got older, baseball was just the one that, you know, I, I was in most in love with anyway and probably the best at. So um, and I have two boys of my own now. So it's kind of cool to see them kind of do the same things. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, like, you were able to play at Virginia Military Institute and then also have the privilege of being in the Rays organization. How would you kind of compare those two like day-to-day grinds going through obviously a very tough minor league season versus going through like maybe a college season, both as you're from your perspective as being a coach and formerly being a player? Uh, yeah, my college experience was a little unique. Um, going to a military school is very different than most guys. Um and I also was really fortunate to play with some really good players in my time there. Uh, and honestly, I had some really great coaches, too. So it was one of those challenges where, yes, it's we have a little more extra on our plate there. But they're pretty similar to what we do here schedule-wise. You know, we, we played the Floridas. We played the UVAs and the UNCs and all that. Um, and when we could to get that good experience of playing big opponents. And, you know, in our conference back then, we had teams like Coastal and Liberty that were really, really good. Um, so you needed to play some guys like that before you played them. And now as a going from college to minor league, honestly – for me, it was somewhat of a relief because I don't have to worry about my studies. I don't have to shine my <laughs> shoes. I just got to show up on time and I got to work out really hard that, and get to play a game at the end of the day. Like, sweet, let's do it. You know, um, that was kind of kind of my feeling towards it because uh, you're, you're going to do something you love. I mean, how can you complain, you know? And then sort of similarly continuing on that trajectory, what was it like almost when you, I guess some players say that they see the writing on the wall of, all right, maybe playing isn't going to be, the end of the road for me, but I want to keep involved with baseball. And obviously you've now turned to coaching. What was that mentality like? Did you even consult with your dad? Cause he had that same conversation that he had to do at some point in his career. Were there other people in your life that really brought you into the college coaching world and anything else like that? Uh, a little bit of everything. Um, family wise for me, my, my dad passed away when I was a teenager. So it was people related to us that were either neighbors or related to us from sport, whether it be baseball or I played basketball growing up or baseball or basketball. So um, in, in that moment, there was two options for me. I thought would one would be either getting into the coaching world or maybe going into the private side of it, baseball training wise or personal training wise or something um, as a way of almost giving back. Cause I felt like there was a lot of people that, went out of their way to keep me straight and narrow because I easily could have gone very bad at that time. Um, there was a lot of people that were just willing to help out that had a lot of respect for my father or my mother, maybe. Um, so I kind of wanted to do something similar. And when I got released from the Rays, um, you know, I, I had a chance to go play overseas. And honestly, it would have been just to go travel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like for me personally, I, when I walked off that field that last game, I felt like I had nothing left in my tank. Um, I was working out extremely hard compared to people around me, and they were still very more talented than I am. <laughs> so I, I saw that. Uh, 
very easily. And so I had always kind of mentioned, you know, that coaching was probably going to be the next route. And there's a older gentleman back from North Carolina where I'm from named George Whitfield. And I made a phone call to him. He, everybody in the world seemed to know him. Um, and he gave me a list of coaches to call and, and have conversations with. And one thing that stuck out from a lot of them was, you know, are you done playing? Are you sure? Um, and so I, I wasn't sure completely. And uh, I was actually working Coach Whitfield's clinic. And my former head coach, who is now the head coach at JMU, uh, Marlon Eikenberry, said, hey, you know, University of Richmond's got an opening. There's a guy leaving. Uh, you have an interview on Wednesday. I was like, oh, what? what you <laughs> He's like, you, you want to be a coach. You need to take this interview. And if they offer it, you need to take the job. Cause this, this is not an easy gig to get into. You know, you, if you make this phone call next fall, you might be sitting at home and not, with no place to go. So uh, I interviewed on a Wednesday. I moved on a Friday, the very next Friday. So <laughs> that was all. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and obviously you've been at three places. How do you think the way that you've grown from when you started at the University of Richmond and to now when you're at Towson, how do you think like you've grown as a coach and what like you've learned over the years? Uh, well, I think most young coaches do this. One, you don't you, you don't know how to control your voice sometimes. Like, I guess you could say your tone. And uh, I probably came off as a robot. Uh, I probably <laughs> came off as this guy that played out of military school and, uh, you know, and ne and knew every rule and you know tie your shoe this way type of guy but um i think too uh, you think you you know everything <laughs> and then you realize really quick you don't um and that what might have worked for you as a player might never work for another guy um, i think that's been the biggest learning curve throughout my whole coaching career i mean eight years ago i probably i've taught very differently than what i teach now um, and, and I've been, again, really fortunate to be around some really knowledgeable baseball minds, um, whether they be older or younger, um, and that have always kind of been around guys that have always kind of never settled for what they know, but maybe not always accepted every new idea, but are willing to at least look at it and maybe, maybe they can pluck something out of it. Um, you know, today I was at the field picking our pitching coach's brain over, all the water bags and, and water tubes now that you see everywhere and scratch my head wondering if maybe we have a guy or two that, that might help. I've never done it. And then maybe it would, I don't know. So I was, I was picking his brain because we seem to have a lot of pitchers that use it now. Um, and how could I maybe relate that to hitting? Um, and that's how I got into using core velocity belts and 3d straps. Our uh, school I was at, the pitchers didn't use them. And I would go, man, I, I think I could get something out of that. <laughs> and that's kind of how it started. So I think that's that's been a big way. I like it. And then another one of the fun things about being a college coach is that, well, I guess you're trying to be the best players on the field. There's more to it than just being a baseball player and that they're student athletes. And that's the man you even talked about it in your journey where it's like, all right, now that I'm a minor league player, I don't have to worry about the studying and everything like that. So as a college coach, do you have to sort of weigh both of those equally at Towson? How's the mentality there sort of, we have to make sure they're both great students in the classroom as well as great ball players on the field. Yeah, without a doubt, um, especially now because minor league baseball is so different than what it was with let there's half the rounds of the draft, if not less. There's half the minor league teams. Um, so those guys that get that opportunity are, are really elite, really rare. Uh, but also 
everybody's door closes someday when it comes to playing and will you be prepared or not um, is the question. I mean, that's part of the reason why I went to the school I went to. I had other offers at different schools and really that one felt like for me, I needed it the most as a person. Um, and for our guys, you know, we're, we're talking to their mom and dad maybe, or and them. And, you know, one thing we talk about is we're going to raise you off the field too. Um, our, our, again, our head coach does a great job of bringing people in from the community to talk to our guys about multiple things on life from what a mortgage is to how to build a relationship to how to build a, how to buy a car, whatever. I mean, you name it, we've probably had somebody come in and talk to our guys about it. Um, and I think that's really important. We're, we're really fortunate that our, they, our academic help is called academic achievement for athletics and they're great. The head of it played baseball in college. So that helps us. He's also our sport oversight. So he wants us obviously to do well and his assistant that's our direct contact is a rock star she's awesome um, her special she's a learning specialist and all these things but also she's just she's not playing around like you got you this this is important you need to get your degree you need to finish you know you need to be eligible all these things you know if if the best student you are is a two five then you better get a two five you know um and that that's important because again you never know what life's going to throw at you. Um, the fact that you can start something and finish something, I think, is really important to people. Uh, and the fact that, you know, maybe baseball isn't in the cards for you. Sometimes you get here and realize that it's not. And But maybe you can use baseball to learn something else, to network maybe, whatever it may be. Maybe one of these people we bring in to talk to you may hire you one day. You, you just don't know. Um, so uh, I think that's a big thing. And now that I'm a dad, too, uh, <laughs> My promise to parents is that I will coach their son the way I expect somebody to coach my two boys. So Amen. that's how we do it. Absolutely. And I think you kind of explained a lot of it, of what you like about Towson there. But going more in like the six-year tenure that you've kind of had there, what sticks out to you about Towson that makes you really love being at Towson and being a, an associate head coach there? Uh, well, one, there's a couple of things that are a little surreal, I would say, uh, like again, our, our head coach, my dad actually coached one year when the Orioles system. So, and he didn't, I wasn't even born yet. Um, and we <laughs> met at university of Richmond, my third year there, he came in with a new head coach, uh, and we really hit it off right away. And he was a big mentor for me, even when I left Richmond to become a hitting coach at Lafayette. So, uh, that connection was good. And then my dad coached for the Orioles we lived in Towson in the summers. Um, I didn't realize that. I had no clue before, <laughs> you know, um, but we lived right down the street from the field, according to my mom. So um, that kind of connection is kind of crazy as well. And then again, the school has grown so much. I mean, it, we took the job in 2017. They said they were going to spend $800 million in the next five years to build all these buildings and all these programs. And you're like, yeah, right. Heard the story whatever. <laughs> They've done it. I, I don't know if there's any space that isn't being redone, it seems like, which is really cool. And then we got a new AD a few years, a couple of years ago that um, is super energetic and really trying to make some different things work on, the, I guess you could say, financial aid side of things to, um, and to get more excitement into Towson and their different programs and stuff. And it's really been a cool part. Um, of it and a cool, cool part of the journey and then 
again, I've, I've got to work with some great guys as assistants as well. And I've got to coach some really cool players as well. I mean, our first year we had a third round pick who's now playing in the big leagues for the Cardinals. Uh, how cool is that? You know, I mean, uh, he's coming to talk to the guys in October and it's, I love it. He's, all, he's an awesome guy. So, uh, but then we've also got guys that are, rocking in the real world uh whether it's you know crushing in the financial services world or we have a guy that i don't even know what he does but he does something with the dod and <laughs> i know he's killing it so um it, it's fun to see all those kind of things as well but all itself is a great sports town so that helps too i love it and then if i were still a high school catcher i definitely want to come to towson work with you and become part of the team but say there is because there probably are a couple of listeners out there right now that are those sort of high school juniors high school sophomores that want to get into college baseball and they're hearing you talk glowingly about towson and they're thinking i want to spend the next four years there so i know we're not going to reveal all the tricks of the trade of how to get recruited and everything like that because we don't want to give too much of the secrets away but say there is a kid on his couch right now listening to this episode from you is there sort of a message or one piece of advice that you'd want to throw at him and say hey if you want to come play for towson here's something i'd recommend for you yeah i mean uh one come watch us play so you know what you get into seriously um you know I, we get emails and messages and phone calls and tweets and dms on twitter whatever it is <laughs> from a lot of kids and i'm not always too sure they know where we're located uh, <laughs> or you know the type of competition we play or our conferences it's really good. It was like seventh overall conference last year in the country. So um, you got to be physical, you know, come see what it looks like. I'm not saying we have a bunch of linebackers running around there, but uh, I feel like some of the teams we play against look like that. So that's part of it. Uh, part of it, too, would be relationships and that kind of thing. So getting your name out there, whether your coach may know one of us or not, maybe have coach try to start that relationship as well. Um, and then see how you can get in front of us. You know, every school runs prospect camps, and I'm sure they they try to get guys there. And I, I, I'm not joking when I say half our roster has probably come to one of our prospect camps. Um, we recruit heavily out of them. We think they're really important. We have our whole staff there. We, we you, you get to learn everything about us. <laughs> um, you know, again, how I would coach one of our players is how I'd probably talk to you at camp. Because uh, I just, that's just how we are. Um, so that's a big piece of it too. Um, but again, video as much as you can, because we can't be everywhere. So the more video we can see on guys normally gets us more interested. If we see the video and we really like it, there's a good chance I'm going to try to find a way or one of our assistants or head coach is going to try to find a way to go see that guy um, in some form or fashion. And then grades, keep your grades up. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's a big thing. <laughs> I got scratched off the list because of grades or, you know, you're costing yourself some money because they could have got some academic money or something too. So that's a big yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know a couple guys who – if they the one thing they tell me like because my brother's a little older when I talk with them they're like one thing I could have done is like my freshman year sophomore year if I actually cared about school and not just about baseball would have been so much easier oh yeah oh yeah big time but scholarships too I mean everybody's different but you know like for me personally I went to college on a merit scholarship first and I got baseball money later on um, and that helped that happens with quite a few of our guys they come in here as a roster spot guy. They play really well and, you know, they, they earn some scholarship money, but they might not be able to afford here if they weren't good in the classroom first. Absolutely. And one of the guys that you actually ended up coaching, I think me and Dylan were seeing it, is 
for a big leaguer right now, current big leaguer, Rick Palacios. I mean, and he's having a great start to his year. I mean, he's absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. What's with guys like him, what kind of separates him? Because I think everyone kind of like, oh, he's a big leaguer, but no one really understands what separates the guys who are in the bigs from the guys in the minors and even the guys in college. Like, what's that gap? Uh, he, he is an incredible athlete to start with. Um, like when I say he, he has, I've been coaching like 11 years now or something. Uh, he had the most impressive scout that I've ever seen. Um, he ran like six, four, he threw 90 plus from the outfield and the infield. His BP was just ridiculous. His swings in the game, if the wind wouldn't have blown in, he, he would have been, you know, he would have been hit balls on the road. Um, but the real thing that separated him from me and watching him over a year with us was his work ethic was insane. And it wasn't just saying like, Hey, I've been working out for an hour. Like if he was hitting for an hour, I guarantee you almost every swing was super quality and he learned something from almost every swing is what it seemed like. Um, And he was also one of those guys that he did a lot of his own, uh, I guess, ownership of his style of play in the sense of learning. And, you know, if you, if you could talk to him now, he probably learned from guys like teacher man, guys like stance doctor down in Florida, um, motor preferences here at UMD with Coach Swope. Um, the list goes on and on of guys that he has personally worked with or talked to hitting about on his own and has taken little tidbits from each one and made himself who he is. And then the fact, too, that, I mean, he he walked like 52 times or 55 times or something crazy um, and scored 55 runs or something like that. I mean, he it, he probably was worth half of our offense that year. <laughs> ridiculous um so but that work ethic i would say is just insane out of that guy and and i've coached one other big leaguer david bednar who's a closer for the pirates at lafayette it was the same way so he he i walked into lafayette the first day in the weight room and i went yes we have a giant first (laughs) base drop bombs and the head coach started laughing and goes nope that's our number one pitcher and i was like oh my god no way (laughs) And it was the same thing, though. He was like a guy you had to kick out of the weight room all the time. Um, and then the last part would be their competitive fire. They they think they – guys like that think they can beat everybody. Everybody. It doesn't matter how good they are. Like, Richie, every team we faced, he thought he was going to go like 5-5. Five five. <laughs> he, he didn't care if they had a future big leaguer on the mound. He could have cared less. And um, that's got that's got to be a cool feeling, though, for you if you have – Guys like David, guys like Richie that end up making the big leagues, knowing that you were contributing to that and that even if you're like playing a small part, you're still playing a really instrumental part in their journey. And maybe one tip that you taught Richie in a swing, he's still using it today in a swing. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see those guys have success because they're again, like I said, they some of the hardest workers I've ever been around. But they're also just like really, really good guys, they're really good people. Um, so it makes it even you know, better to root for them when they have success because you, you know they're they're not, you know, we've all seen it. There's some guy with a troubled past because he's really just a jerk off the field. <laughs> those people, those two are not. They're they're awesome, awesome guys. I love it. So we do have three questions to throw out you here, sort of like a rapid fire, side retired in the name of the podcast, three outs and you're all good to go if you're ready for them. Question. All right. Let's do it. All right. The first one might be a little difficult, but your favorite moment from your career could be playing, could be coaching, could be anywhere in between. But your favorite, I guess, baseball memory. Probably 
favorite moment. I, I've been a part of some walk-offs really cool, but I don't, I don't know if those always stick out. But this is going to sound really corny. The national anthem to me is still, like, the coolest thing. Uh, maybe because I, I can connect because I, I used to stand next to my dad listening to it, so now that's one way I can still connect. But getting to take that field is really special. But I've been a part of some really, really good games. So it's, that's a hard choice. I don't know. I like yeah, it. Absolutely. You can't beat the national anthem. Yeah. Uh, second question we got for you. More so maybe when you were playing or maybe something you kind of hear now when you hear the guys walking up. What's your favorite walk-up song if you had to pick one for you? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, probably Let's Go by Trick Daddy when he redid the Ozzy Osbourne. And just because, I, I don't know, something that always hits me in the heart when that one plays. It wasn't mine, but, you know, Chipper Jones kind of took it over. And I think when he did the Trick Daddy version too, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> I tried to get my son to use that in his all-star game, but he didn't want it. He <laughs> like Pepe's the Latin song. That's what he wanted. Oh. Yeah. He heard it. Hey, he heard it when we played Miami. That was his walk-up, and I played it when I came back into town for him, and he loved it ever since. So like, my kids listen to it almost every day. <laughs> Nico, that seems off your alley, too. Nico's always <laughs> looking – whenever we ask that question, Nico's looking for a really good answer. I think he just got one. <laughs> That, that made my day hearing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third question we have for you, sort of in appreciation for you hopping on the pod with us, we sort of let our guests decide the future of the podcast. You get to nominate someone from your baseball journey, could be coaching, could be playing, could be anywhere in between that you sort of get to say, I think he is a really cool story and could be a next great guest. Ooh, yeah, that is a good one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put him on the, the spot because I'm not <laughs> sure he's going to want to do this, but I think he'd be a really good guy to talk to. And he actually talked me into going to VMI. would be Mike Roberts, assistant coach at JMU. Uh, he was my host when I visited VMI. And prior to meeting him, I told my mom, there's no shot I could go to a school like this. <laughs> and uh, after spending the night with him and some of the guys, I was like, this guy's got me convinced. If he can do this, I can do this. He'd be a great guy to play with. And he, he was was good he was a great teammate and a great friend so uh, i think he'd, he'd be a great guy to talk to i love it i can't wait but we really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today taking all the time all the insight all the great things about towson baseball and we look forward to a great season in the spring coming up but nico unless you've got anything else to throw in i'm good to go i'm good to go thank you so much for coming on awesome. yeah thank, thank you, you so guys. much coach yeah it absolutely it's been a blast so for dylan nico and coach until the next time the side is retired <laughs>